Welcome back to Mediums in Action with me, Martin Lake Wilson, and my good friend and expert medium, Ian Doherty. Hi, Ian. Hi, Martin. I hope you're keeping well and everybody's safe and sound. And it's nice to be chatting to you again on this topic. It's interesting. You know, it'd be nice to to hear what our listeners think. If you've got questions, please ask. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Surviving Death has been one of those programs where it has raised questions, and I think it's raised questions in where people are questioning and what i mean by that is is that they're exploring their own beliefs and the questions that are raised in the program itself so i think if if anything the fact that the program is is raising these questions within the paranormal community admittedly there's a bit of a fringe that's been very negative towards the series but generally i think it's been quite positive it's i've gone on twitter and i've seen uh, quite a few people kind of going wow oh my god i didn't realize about all this <laughs> you know so yeah no it is i mean like i say yeah there was a there was an interesting thing on the news earlier the local news you know lincolnshire news saying that the there was a deacon from lincoln cathedral you know saying that obviously because of covid they're having to do online uh and they were saying there's a big uptick in interest in what they are doing and from a younger audience uh, i mean we said um there'd be a bigger increase in spirituality. And, I, and I've seen that the churches and Gurdwaras and mosques are, are all seeing increased um, yeah, uh, interest and people uh, logging into online sessions and just trying to, uh, I think it's a, a sense of community as much as anything. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You know. uh, yeah, I think people, uh, you know, whether it's the negative side of people passing away due to COVID or not being able to get into hospital because, you know, it's all full up the NHS, you know, doing their best, bless them. I think people want to know their answers. They want to know, they want to question more, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So surviving deaths uh, come at a, a an opportune time, really. So last week we talked about the mediums episodes and this week we're going to talk about the other episodes. So episode one starts off and I thought it was a really good episode. It was called Near Death Experiences. Yeah. Uh, from my perspective, you know, kind of being brought up in the 70, late 70s and early 80s and reading these books, uh, reading books by uh, D. Scott Rogo, uh, Ray Moody, I think it is. You know, they were very centred on near-death experiences and, and they always fascinated me. So to watch this programme and actually see witnesses uh, or people who've experienced uh, these events was was absolutely fascinating. I mean, what did you think to it? I thought it was done very, very tastefully. Um, it wasn't over dramatic. You know, it was, I wouldn't say it was matter-of-factly, but the way they put it over was very respectful to the to the uh, person, as they were saying, as he started with that woman, you know, cap, uh, sort of getting stuck in that white water. It must have been a terrifying thing for the bless. And then looking at it, I just find it fascinating. You know, I know there's some science elements. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a factor of the brain when you're doing this. It's everything closing down. You see a tunnel. And maybe in some of the uh, cases, but there is more. I mean, I'm glad also that science are doing more research into it. It seems to me um, they want answers to it, you know. So as they're doing it, there's more and more people, more and more people reporting it does happen and uh, they start coming back with that thirst that I want to live life I want to get the best out of it you know so I think it has a very positive slant to everything in all honesty that episode was handled really really well as you say it kind it kind of just showed you the witness experience yeah. it allowed you that room to then make your own decision on what happened as near death uh, with the near-death experience yeah. 
at the end of it, I thought that was really well done. I, I don't think I've seen another series or, or documentary kind of show that level of evidence or that kind of open-mindedness. Mind, uh, before. That is it. Yeah, sorry, Martin. It was very open-minded. You know, it reminds me of, of, a, D, of a D. Scott Rogo book. You know, it, it, yeah. it's the way that he writes giving you the evidence for and against, yeah. but letting you make up your own mind. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought it was really good. I, I, I mean, what's your feelings about near-death experiences? Do I mean, do you um, think it's a chemically thing, or, or? Um, it's heavily influenced by a person's belief. You know, uh, like uh, there's a, a book closer to the, closer to the light by Melvin Morse. That's near death in children, and and the return from silence in D in D Scott Rogo, and it puts over if a person is from a religious background, let's say Christian, then they will see angels or they'll see who they term as being God, you know, because it's that a factor of the of the brain at that time of death that is like a bridge between the physical and the uh, spiritual, you know, as you go from one plane to the uh, to the uh, to the other. But um, uh, I can only go on what I've read because I've, you know, and talk to people because I haven't had that sort of uh, near death type of thing you know where so really i just find it fascinating you know there is the element you know is it the your brain and i do feel you have to whether you believe it or not or whether you want to hear it or not you have to look at both sides you know and is it the brain is it the faculty of closing down but then again you're coming back and you're thinking well hang on a minute there's cases where people have said oh yes doctor so-and-so he had this you know when they're on when they pass or have an near-death experience which is most commonly on the operating theater and they say oh yes you were doing this you were doing that that nurse passed you this and they tell everything that happened there uh, so they were out of their body you know it's called and called an obe out of body experience which is uh, which is a common which is a commonality of the near death experience and they come back and they uh, you know and they say yeah i saw you doing this 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 and this so they had to be there in their consciousness out of their body consciousness to be able to re- to be able to report back on it yeah. so yeah so, you see that, that's one thing the program kind of got wrong i think that there was near death experiences but also there was, uh, as you say, out-of-body experiences, and it, it was kind of mixed into one. I, sp- I yes. suppose, I suppose, one thing the series wasn't doing. I mean, unfortunately, the, the first episode was called Near-Death Experiences. Mm-hmm. Later on, there was another episode, and that did have out-of-body experiences. I think the problem is, is maybe there's two different phenomena. Maybe the out-of-body experience. Mm. could be termed as not actually having to do with spirit or anything, or and and actually that is maybe a a part psychic experience because without a doubt again you know you look at previous research and people came out of the bodies and they were able to describe the room describe the person who came in or or, uh, you know the doctor or anything like that even though they had their eyes shut they wouldn't know about it now the scientists always say well that's because your hearing is the last thing to go before you die so you hear everything Mm -hmm. um however forgot which doctor it is but if i remember correctly there was a series of out-of-body experiences happening in the 70s so this doctor decided to put objects on top of the cupboard so he put a small ball a red ball or he would put a book or something like that and these people would have these out-of-body experiences and he would say can you see anything around can you see anything on top of the cupboard or anything and they say oh yeah there's a red ball Mm -hmm. so straight away he knew that something there was something happening 
Yes. I mean, I think going on, going on something you mentioned, you know, when you look at the near death and the out of body, I feel it's like I say, the faculties of, uh, same as psychic and mediumship, you know, and the near death experiences talking of going, you know, of talking to our loved ones who are in spirit. So, you, you know, you're talking about being there with them in your spirit form and then looking at the out of body as a, almost like akin to a psychic experience being here and now. I, there is a clear definition, but I think one is part of the other. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I thought it was a great series. Uh, when that opened up, um, I felt very, very positive. Yeah. It then went into the two medium uh, episodes. And, and, and we talked about it last week. That was all fine and good. And then it came to signs from the dead people. Uh, what did you feel about this episode? I was very tongue in. I was very tongue in cheek, you know. Uh, having done a lot of uh, sort of investigations in places, you know, working with working with you, bless you. Then um, I've come to be not not in a judgmental, but more sort of open, sceptical, but with that mediumistic background. I question things, you know, like when you're looking at being in a building, you know, you've got you've got a voice recorder doing EVP, electric voice phenomena, because the human ear is generally two to two to twenty hertz, depending on your age and if you've got any any sort of medical problems. But then the uh, digital recorders can sort of pick up things that are far outside our own ca- our own cap- capabilities. And there's been some very good uh, EVP. I mean, I remember talking to you and there's been some stunning stuff, you know. But then I felt they were looking for what they wanted. EV- you know, the EVP, the paranormal in general, can be very, 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 very subjective. You know, it can be subtle rather. They were looking in the building, and 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 again, you only get what's shown on camera. And they've been to where you're building. Have they done previous research? Because it seemed to me, when they were saying that they had the EVP of that gentleman called Aaron Burr, did they do research about him being there in the first place? And their first bit of voice, which, to be honest, I listened and I listened and I listened, and I couldn't get anything, you know. And it, it is, yeah. It, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying, though. I mean, I mean, the problem is with EVP, and I've done this m- myself. Is you're listening through endless hours of of in fact i was laughing about this the other day because i i, I shared with you an evp that i, yeah. I have uh, one little i don't know three second voice came out of i don't know seven hours of of yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of and 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 i i will you know you, you can't pin me down on what it says because i have no idea it sounds a bit like this or it sounds a bit like that and that's always worried me about evp is that sometimes a noise or a bang or something like that recorded can sound very, very different. And you might say, well, I never heard that voice before. Uh, I never heard that. Well, you didn't because it might have been a bang or a noise or it might have been a cough or something like that. But when it's recorded, it sounds something completely different. Although, I mean, I mean, the best DVP I ever recorded is, is which I've talked uh, about before, where we were doing a dowsing session in Derby Jail and we said, uh, was you over the age of uh, 35 when you died? And something very clearly says, yes, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean, it is. It's very, very clear, you know. Yeah, so um, it's, yeah I mean, I, I mean, EVP is, is a really bizarre thing because I, I personally think, I think it's the only evidence we can really properly get. I, do, I don't, I'm not utterly convinced we can photograph ghosts or spirit. I'm, no, I'm not I don't, convinced. I, don't, I, I can. I've not. I don't think I've ever seen. I'm trying to think. The only, the only 
the only footage that I have ever, ever been sort of, I, I mean, what I am interested in is, yeah, there's footage and stuff and, 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 it, and there's like this black shadow passing by and uh, there's just, it just doesn't, doesn't work out. But what does interest me is over 20, 30 years of doing this, when I've used things like webcams and I've had them recording over a long period of time, so a very long period of time, sometimes it could be five to nine hours. And then you speed up the footage and you see the slow movement of shadows moving. And, and Bodmin Jail was a really good, uh, I've got a really good piece of footage there where there's hours of nothing. When you're looking and you're thinking, oh, there's nothing here. Absolutely nothing. But yet when I, when I sped up the footage by 1.5%, what you saw was actually slow movement of shadows walking around. Yeah, I know. I I find it fascinating, particularly, I mean, I think it was the galleries where there was a flower tray, you know, or flower put onto a tray, you know, flower you, yeah. you, do, you, you do your bread with. And there was a face impression or words that are, you could be saying as, you know, how would you call it? It's almost like, uh, I can't remember what you said, almost written in a different script or a different language, yeah. you know, put over on there on a piece of coal in a locked room. Where did that come from? You know. Yeah, I, I mean, you saw. I mean, I, I posted something the other day, and uh, it was it's an old uh, webcam footage. The webcam was only triggered by movement, changing light, and yet an hour after we'd set this camera in a completely locked off area, you could not get into that place without the alarm sounding. The the webcam would have picked up the sound. The it, it would have all been tracked, yeah. and yet there's a very very clear shadow of a person kind of moving around over th- about three or four seconds yeah uh, and it's like somebody walking past a, an open door you know or yeah. or, or a, a bar door you know just walking as if you imagine somebody walking up a corridor you know so i really kind of struggle that that footage can't be taken but i do have this belief that um maybe it's how how it's recorded or maybe maybe the sound vibrations or something yeah. like that is a way that we can get communication from yeah. uh, from spirit. There's a, a book that, if you're interested in EVPs, there's a book called uh, The Ghost of 29 Megacycles by uh, John G. Fuller. Um, I've, I've read that. I read that when I was... Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's, a book. It's, a crack, it's a cracking it book. Is. Yeah, yeah. But that, it's, yeah, that would be... That was in the 60s, wasn't it? Sorry, the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at how they went about recording EVPs on a static, you know, because obviously um, you're tuning into a radio station, you're putting a tape on, a cassette tape, but all you listen to is that white noise. And because at that time there wasn't as much or as many radio station, taxi firms, whatever, on the air. So they used to do it. But it, I find it fascinating how they built it up. And the question is, is digital, is magnetic tape in the form of cassette tapes, is that better for picking up EVP than digital? Well, it's interesting because what I always used to do is, is obviously I, I, I used to ensure that I had a mixture of digital mm. and I also used to have analogue as well so so dictaphone i had a tape tape dictaphone and i obviously had a digital one as well interestingly one would pick up stuff and then the other one wouldn't and it was you know the the only annoying thing is on the tape it's very very hard to analyze because yeah. <laughs> you, you've, you've kind of got a, a whir of the motors and things like yeah. that being recorded as well and uh, i was listening actually I've, I've got a very weird laugh uh recorded in tupri castle and uh and it was recorded 
on a tape and I tried to clear it up as much as possible and and obviously from a skeptical point of view you could say well because it's mechanical things can go wrong it probably yeah. recorded a bit right you know that, that there's always going to be that little bit of doubt there with any EVP and and I think I think the main thing is is is, is like what we're, we're like with mediumship is we keep a very open mind and and when we when we are ghost hunting or anything like that we, we keep an open mind about what things are and when you do EVP or when you're photographing things then you know you do have to keep a very open mind especially when it comes to things like orbs or you know light anomalies on video cameras and stuff like that there's so many reasons why these things could actually be something yeah physically Ooh. and earthly um, yeah um interesting on that martin sorry jumping in um when you're looking at that episode you know they're looking at polaroid film and catching things on it you know and uh um but, but let's, to... let's just talk about the yeah we'll move on to the polaroid actually um but let's talk about the just my final sort of sum okay. up on the lady who was ghost hunting yeah on a positive i thought it was great that there was just two of them admittedly there was a camera crew there but that's a great way of investigating the place because you're removing anything that can cause issues within the environment and as lloyd orbach who's on that who i've known for a long long time uh lloyd orbach said ghost hunting equipment is is not there to re, to to record ghosts, but actually to monitor the environment. That's absolutely bang on, and, oh, and I've been saying that for years in, in my ghost hunting courses that I've done. Is you're just monitoring the environment. You want to see the change in the environment. You know, you want to see what comes into that environment and makes a change. That's what you're looking for. You're not ghost hunting. Yeah. The problem is I had with with that that section is is obviously. The footsteps didn't make any sense at all that she was sat there asking, can you make a noise or whatever it was, or is your name Aaron Burr? And then suddenly there's these bangs mm-hmm. as footsteps. Because, how do you know, how can you record footsteps, but yet they didn't hear them? Yeah. Unless somebody was tapping on the microphone. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's, that's the blooming yeah. sceptic in me. Well, yeah, but I think I think you have to be, you know, because if you are too far one way, you know, believe in everything, you know, as as we used to have belly grumble at two thirty six a.m. and people thought it said get out, you know, it's yeah. things it's things like that, you know, but we only saw little snippets on the show, so you don't know what else led up to it. But uh, yeah, uh, it it's nice to hear, but then you're thinking, well, you know. What's the substance? What's the context, isn't it? Well, I suppose we've got to talk about the uh, Polaroids, John Huckett's uh, Polaroid. A- again, if, you d- if you've not seen the programme, a-, a gentleman, I think it was in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, living in Hollywood, living in not a luxurious house. It looked like it was a very artistic house, quite quaint, American quaint type uh, single story, it looked like, didn't it? Um, yes, yeah, it did. Uh, and apparently in the late 60s, early 70s, he was given a Polaroid and one night he'd heard a noise in the bathroom and he decided to take a photograph uh, with his new Polaroid camera. And as he took the photograph, there is a what, what looks like a mist or something. Mm-hmm. And, and then over time, he started taking more photographs when he felt like he wanted to. So he, it's almost like a, a psychic uh, or medium mystic uh, compulsion to take a photograph and he took a photograph and suddenly there were words on there so th- th- there was words on there help or uh, hello i'm here and then for 
probably last 30 years or so, he's been taking these photographs uh, with his Polaroid, even having Polaroid parties where people would come up. Yeah, come, and, and bring their own camera, wasn't it? And yeah, bring their own Polaroid camera. And some people had unusual photographs, um, but he was constantly churning out these uh, Polaroids. And unfortunately, what's happened is is that similar experience to you and your aura camera, I suppose, Ian, yeah, is yeah. that they've stopped making the film. I mean, obviously, the film he used was, uh, as he put it, uh, longer than the F600 ones, which is, I'm, I'm not quite sure, I think just a, just a factory name. Um, but it's the same thing. You know, you have sheets of 10, you put it in a little box and you and you pull a tab and they're all ready then. He was saying that, mo- I mean, you know, most of the Polaroid film develops in the same way, although he put it as a different process, different chemicals. But I thought, well, no, they're all the same way. They have the same chemical process. You know, it takes a couple of minutes to once you're taking your photo to come to come through. So it is there, but they have they've they have stopped making them. There's somebody currently looking into starting it again. They want to fund me and whatever, you know, it's whether that comes whether that comes off. But people don't want Polaroids now. They want all this click and whatever and just does it, you know. But Looking at you say that, and but yeah, do you know what? My son's best friend two years ago, he got a brand new version of the of uh, the Polaroid, and it's a lot. It's a lot smaller photograph. It's like almost like a very small two inch by two inch thing. Yeah, so it was like really retro sort of thing. It was like what (laughs) you're going back to this? Do you know what? Um, Yeah, but but, you know what? Looking at the sort of stuff he has on because i was thinking you know in a bit of a skeptical way but yeah not... what did you think what did you think well, to this one of the one of the things is you know where you know with my order camera i did a lot of tests with it what it could do what 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 affected it the lighting conditions i wanted to know everything about it my analytical side and i was at a uh, i was at this place doing order photographs and readings you know which is one of my forties and i uh, and i noticed when i pulled this camera you know, the cup pulled the film out and i was wait i was talking to this lady and then i took the strip back and there's a, a like a an off yellow you know similar to the color they were getting a mass to the left hand side of it and she was looking at me i said uh, i said i haven't got a clue what this is i said i i can say definitely it's not mediumistic it's not any spirit trying to come through whatever you know and and i was looking around and i thought what's causing it then my uh, then my guide said son and i thought hey so i so i looked up and i was in line of a, a skylight through which the sun was coming on and it was beaming onto the back of my backdrop i have i have two um tripod stands and i hang a black sort of fo- sort of photographic um sheet you know, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and it was shining onto there so i thought oh i'm going to uh, test this and it came out the same every single way so on that instance that's one of them but i told my mediumship friends and um, what do you reckon this? And everybody come up. It was an old lady. It was a man. It was a hedgehog. It was <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I thought, no, it's sun onto the background. It shows how people can get drawn into things. My feeling is, is he writing on the back of the film without a no, not writing in ink, but with a with an object, say with a pen, with the with a nib in, and just highlighting what he wants to see, and then taking a photo, and it shows up in that colour. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I really struggled with it. And I, I remember a case years ago and uh, somebody said, well, you know, you, uh, when you when you ghost hunt, you should always use Polaroid because they don't have negatives that you can tamper with, which is true. But yeah. but I, I am pretty sure that if you wanted to tamper with that film, 
you could somehow somehow tamper it, tamper it yeah, like it, like like he's done. And yeah. I actually went online and had a look. I, I searched for him and I had a look for his Polaroids and I had a look at his Polaroids a little bit more deeper. A couple of things kind of stood out to me. Firstly, there was that lighting effect that you've just described. I was going to talk about that and yeah. you've mentioned it perfectly. The the Polaroid the camera is very very susceptible to uh, to sunlight and bright intense light and it can completely wash out a a photograph i in the in a review with npr which is um like a public radio in in america i believe he said that he felt they were vortexes so what we're getting is is an interpretation here uh, or at least he's trying to align the photographs with a common spiritual belief yeah um, not yeah. not mine to be honest but no. um he's aligning with that and then i i did really have difficulty with the writing the font was consistent um when i've had a look online uh for 30 years so that suggests to me that there's only one hoaxer and and it suggests that it's him i i, I know he's an artist and indeed the photographs have actually been in an artistic uh, in an art gallery and and in uh, exhibitions and things like that. So I just don't know if it's some sort of twisted art installation. <laughs> and unfortunately, what's happened is is the spiritual community. So I, I, I think it's an art thing. I, I'm, I'm pretty <clears throat> sure. Do you know how some people do hoax art? Or, yes. you know, you've got uh, people like Banks who do graffiti, but it's classed as high art. Yeah. I, I think, sadly, what's happened is, is Leslie Keane, who... I believe she mentions him in her book has took it hook, line and, and sinker that he is actually having experience in real phenomena when I, I think there's a bigger picture here to be yeah, had. I do feel as well. I think, you know, granted, as we said throughout the podcast, you know, it's you only see a little bit on the, of what the what the filming was. So you don't see everything. So you don't get a clear picture start to finish, do you? Um, but, you know, going on what you said, you know, the spiritual community, they want to believe so, believe so much. And this is where it's nice to be open-minded. You don't have to be skeptical or a total believer. But as I said, but that son of my Polaroid, people saying it's anything from a woman wearing glasses to, you know, a dog carrying four children. You know, I know that's a little bit of a, an over-the-top. No, you're, you're, you're right, though, because I, I remember, I, um, I mean, this was early... This must have been 2000, 2001, and I appeared, uh, sorry, I consulted on a programme called Scariest Places on Earth. We took them to Chillingham Castle, mm. and unbeknownst to me, and I've mentioned it before, where the film, uh, the TV producers decided to, it, it was a very early reality programme in that it was scripted. So they were doing a ghost hunt, but it was scripted, and they claimed that there was a vortex in the chapel, and the father was dragged through it and never seen again. <laughs> yeah, just real. I mean, heavily real, obviously. But interestingly, somebody sent me a photograph afterwards. And I and and they said, can you see anything on this? And I said, no, I can't see anything. They said, well, my daughter's face is very washed out and we can't work out why. And it was obvious that it was the exposure. The yeah. sun was shining on her face. It was all uh, bleached out. And I said, oh, could I share this on my website? And, and that's what I did on, on mysterymag.com. I, I put I put it on there and said, can you please uh, look at, I, I said, any readers, please look at this photograph and then please drop me an, an email with what you can see. That's all I put. I didn't influence it yeah. in any way. Yeah. 
and and we had about 100 or 200 emails uh apparently there was a soldier in full armor there was a, another child stood next to her there was you know, I, honestly there was millions of explanations of what that people could see and I, I couldn't see any of it to be honest no. i was looking i couldn't even work out the armor uh, apart from the mistaken maybe a piece of wall or something like that so people will see what they what they want to see or they look too deeply into it you know and and pallidolia comes into it as well doesn't it yeah and and pallidolia obviously is where as we as i sent to you once i see faces in carpets um, <laughs> it's when we see faces and things and that's one thing that makes humans so special is that we are incredible at seeing beyond a pattern or making patterns um we have this incredible mind of connecting the dots which can also be our downfall as well yes. and and this is the problem where the other day i had an argument with somebody about orbs and they said well this orb's got a face in it i said no it doesn't it, it's just you think it looks like it's got a face in it yeah. he said yeah but it's abraham lincoln i said i cannot see abraham lincoln in it and and that's the thing is it was a strange episode, really, to be honest. Uh, the ghost hunting uh, was was kind of it was interesting and great that they kept it you know, to a small group. Some of the toys she had, and I will use the term toys because that's all they were, you know, shouldn't have been there, really. You know, she should have learned a bit better from there. But but it was an OK episode. And then the next one was the which one was the next one now? Was it the. And in Signs of the Dead, do you want to explain what happened in that one? Yeah, there was they were looking at. I mean, I I was really I was a little bit sort of skew with with it. You know, I thought of oh, I think I'll fast forward it. You know, that was the feeling with me because it was about birds and feathers. You know, I saw a robin or butterflies. You know, and it's and it comes down to. I mean, you would probably have a better understanding than me or be able to put it over better. But uh, you know the belief in robins and butterflies as representing somebody who's passed over you know they're in Celtic folklore the Irish folklore and stuff you know um, I did a little bit of reading I, about I it. think it, it was the, the I mean it was it was all about sort of crisis uh, apparitions weren't it and um, I, I there was two sides really wasn't there to yeah. yes. to, to the story they did, there's two sides to this episode in, in that firstly they discussed crisis apparitions so that's when a visitation from somebody who'd recently uh, deceased um, yeah. and and they see that person appear. So there was that aspect. And then there was the end of life visions from bedside of people, you know, who were close to dying. I mean, I, I, I was really took in by that. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's a very real situation, you know, where I can I can remember my sister saying about my mum uh, about a, a day before she passed she was saying what's taking them so long and then passed you know within 24 mm. hours I remember I, I mentioned it a couple of times about my granddad I, again you know he he was a absolute skeptic and uh, uh, he told me that when he was I think it was about 17 his granddad was dying he'd been bedridden and he'd been uh, paralyzed really no nothing at all uh, no movement from him just shallow very shallow breathing for yeah. ages and then the doctor said uh, look he's he, his breathing's changed i think he's going to pass away so they we all they all went to see him and uh, literally two minutes before he died he sat up and they went oh they're, they're here for me sort of thing and 
and it, and he said that he could see his mum and his dad. He went right, I'm going now, and laid down and died. So I mean, that, I mean, I find it really fascinating. I mean, I, I mean, do. I do. Uh, you know, sorry, Martin, talking over you there, Martin. I think it's very, very good evidence, to be honest. You know, I know people thinking, well, that is what people are taught to believe, and therefore they're going to see who they yeah, who they want to see. On my own sort of uh, sort of experience, you know, where I was at, I was with my. Uh, sisters and my brother you know when my mum was passing and I could see my my uh, nana walked in uh, you know sort of looked sort of looked around there was a gentleman who stood by uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm from North Wales and they they call the front room the parlour um, and I was uh, and at the parlour door was this gentleman pacing backwards and forwards and I and I and I sort of said to him in my mind who who are you and he came back with, oh, do you know what? Isn't it awful? Wasn't it an uncle or something? Yeah, it was. It was my granddad, but he was my dad's dad. That was, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he had the same name, and I can't remember my dad's name. I'm sorry, that sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> we'll let you off. Well, no, I mean, well, it's a, it's a long story, but yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it just came, just came back. He told me his name was the same as my dad's, and I thought it was there, but then. My uh, sister has all of these old photographs. She says, OK, show me. She looked through and said, that's him. And she gave me his name and said, that's your dad's, that's our dad's dad. And I've never met him. And yet it turns out that my mum nursed him when he was passing. And he's probably popped back to check on her. Yeah, it, it, it's, it was really interesting. And I think it was, I, I felt it was very tastefully directed. Um, yes, because. Because there was stories from and footage from people who'd taken part in this research by a, a psychiatrist, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Basically, he he was talking to people who were suffering from terminal illnesses or, or illnesses and were expected to die. And, and he was, was talking to these people and asking about their experiences. There was a, a young child in there as well, and uh, she... It was interesting. the The older people, or the the people who had a bit of age to them, they were visited by people that they knew, or people that they that they knew it within their family. Yeah. And and one thing that since I I've read since as well is that children who uh, who are terminally ill um, are often visited by animals. So they're visited by dogs that they've known that have passed. I am a skeptical believer. So, so I, on one half, I'm kind of saying, well, why aren't the children being visited by the people? But then I think, well, do you know, if from a spirit perspective, do you know, if your dead grandma was to suddenly turn up, that would be quite shocking to a child. Yeah. Where, where if a dog that's passed turns up, then that would possibly be more accepting and be more of a companion. To, I think to, so. Yeah. To take to take you into to take you into the spirit world. I mean, what did you feel about that? I mean, I, I, are you are you skeptical? I, I know I know we know there's a phenomenon there, but what did you think to the program and and what did you think to the cases that they they well, talked about? Very very like-minded with you, Martin. It was tastefully done. That's one thing I will say about the series in general. Um, it was very. Um, it was very balanced and it was um, empathetic. You know, they they took that sort of tone. You know, and they and they're very much uh, re sort of respectful to people's beliefs. You know, and very and I just found it very very heartwarming. You know, talking about that. You know, about somebody being there because you know you hear it 
a lot of times, you know, and it's particularly common in hospitals and nursing homes, you know, where people are on their last legs, so to uh, so to speak. And I just want to say to people, a Spirit told me my name, my dad's name's Danny, so I've just been sort of let, I let people know, so you don't think I'm being dad bad to my dad, okay? But when you when you look at this situation, okay, Martin, it's very much um, coming over to. I thought it was. And it was a nice balance. They went over. They were not over the over the top pushing it at you, but they went sceptical either. They're sort of um, doing the D Scott Rogo, you know, sort of providing evidence and helping you make your mind up, you know. But I just found, like you know, like you when you're looking to your children, you know, it's it's probably children that said, "Don't go off with the uh, strangers." So if grandmother has passed where they've never met, they would likely be put off. You know, I mean, I don't mm. know because children say as it is, "Who the hell are you?" You know, so a past animal, you know, bunny rabbit, a cat, a dog, then they are more likely to be open and go, you know, so I feel it was, uh, it was, it was nice there. Um, I think also as well as, is what was interesting about this is they followed a young couple who, it, it brought me to tears, to be honest, was they'd lost their son. Yes. They got, they got trapped um, by a tree and couldn't breathe. And uh, it, it was obvious that the father was far more open in accepting the experiences and 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 his belief that his son had come back and um and given uh, some sort of evidence i i felt that the mother i mean obviously i mean she you could tell that she was still incredibly grief stricken and to be honest hands up i, I mean i've i've got two sons and I, I don't know how you would kind of recover from the death of any of them no. uh, from one of them um and she was obviously still grief stricken it did seem that she did have some form of evidence to me. Um, she was stood in the kitchen and uh, suddenly she got a very strong smell of, of her son and a, a, and, and a feeling that he, he'd walked past. I think that was uh, her experience. And and they both went to um, almost like it, it was it was a bit strange. Wasn't it? it was like a psychic weekend, but it yeah. was for people it was but for people who'd uh, had people pass away it was kind of i i was trying to work it out because it wasn't a psychic weekend but it was a psychic weekend if you know what i mean well yeah i mean it was trying to help them sort of tune in and you know sort of go into a meditative state can you come close are you there let me know show me a sign um there is there is that and skeptics will probably say oh yeah playing on the vulnerable they're all just lost somebody they're going to hear what they want to hear again you only saw little bits of snippets of it and that gentleman did go and then you know he saw i've got a smell i've got a whiff but i thought i found personally in his own quietness you know uh of writing down asking can you give me some words I, and and then i just liked how he questioned you know what i mean i thought well yeah. is it is it me i think was it was his name ginsburg or ginsburg or something where he was sort of asking questions you know if it is you give me something i don't know and then you got that i am red and you're thinking what the hell's this you know um I found... oh yeah that that was the um oh i'm getting different blokes sorry yeah you're getting yeah that was the family at the beginning wasn't it that that yes. was a yeah again that sadly that was another son who passed away yeah and and that was at the beginning of that mm. pro of this program if i remember okay. yeah that was interesting because he wanted a sign from his son, didn't he? They had a running joke in the family about, or was it finding a quarter on the floor or um, uh, flying? Yes. And and he he walked into his son's bedroom, which obviously they'd kept how it was. 
um, when he passed away. Yeah. And they they'd obviously kept it clean, and he heard a noise, and there was a coin on the floor, and and I think I seem to remember that he he he, he heard his son say uh, kind of make a joke about it, and and he was a bit shook up about that, and then looked at the coin, and the coin year was actually the year that he were, that his son was born, and it reminded me of the guy from the first few episodes constantly looking for yeah. evidence. I felt that, yeah. Instead of accepting the first set of evidence, and it's interesting that it was the man who, male again, who was pushing more, but they were, again, they were after more, 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 more evidence, and, and I think the evidence that came was, he said, oh, I, I am red, which was really intriguing, and then, was it a couple of days later, they, they got a picture, that this woman had chosen this picture, and she said, um, because was it from a spiritualist artist? Yeah, it was from a psychic, you know, a psychic artist where they'd done a drawing of a of a of a that line of a figure, a man, um, sort of in the background, celestial, you know, holding up the sky as such, and you know, it was coloured red. Um, but you know, again, you don't know how much information somebody said, or oh, he's lost his son, whatever, and there, but. It was come back over. I think in the when he was reading out what the uh, what the explanation is, red means a young soul. Now whether that's a young in a, the young age of a soul in the eons a person can live, or whether it's a young as in physical young, you know. Yeah. So, but I just found it uh, that really piqued my interest because I'm a psychic artist and I thought, well, funny enough, that is how things work. Um, but it didn't show you. Did somebody order it for him or what or whatever? But when it came through, I am red and it's there. I thought, wow, um, it's very very good evidence. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Again, do you know, there's all sorts of bits and pieces you could dissect from this episode. And yeah. um, I, I mean, again, overall, I, I, it's interesting. You could, I mean, I mean, obviously from a skeptical point of view, you could say, do you know, why why is that couple organising this weekend? I mean, they they yeah. they'd had their own. At their own grievance, uh, grievances, and uh, um, and there are somebody had passed with them, so they were organising these weekends, yeah. and I, and I think it was just a way, a simple way of trying to start the healing process. Yes, um, yeah. you're with like-minded people, you know what I mean. So you're not going to get laughed at or judged or talked down to, you know, or get over it, pull yourself together type things, which can which can happen. But I just think here, um, you know, this is where. The film, I don't think, went in to say how long it was before the passing of his son, before he went to these things. You know what I mean? Was it total grief or what? You know, but it could be looked at in a positive way as, a, you know, as a healing, as you were started to say. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing that the sceptics really get wrong about mediumship is why are they charging 50 pounds or yeah. why are they charging this? And and often and in fact, most of the time, you know, a medium will, will agree to a reading, not aware that it's because of a, re, a, a recent uh, loss yeah. Or, yeah. or anything like that. So to say that mediumship is taking advantage of people who are grieving is really misunderstanding how and why a, a medium is, is reached out to. And, and yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I, I've talked to lots of mediums over the years and, and and I've asked them, you know, how quickly from Paso from somebody passing have you ever had somebody be in touch? And uh, I always remember you remember Barry Chessman, don't you? Yeah. And 
he said he, he once did a spiritualist church and and somebody was there uh, who'd lost somebody that afternoon. Yeah. Um, and they were there giving a reading about him. Yeah, um, it is. I mean, the end of the end of the day, the person's no longer physical, but in the uh, spirit world, if you if, you know, on that point of view. So yeah, I mean, I've had people come through. Uh, it's been about a day or two or two days. People say, but they haven't been buried yet. So you know, as if they can't <laughs> through until they've been buried. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But other but there's other times people saying oh i've been coming for years to try and get a reading you know and the person just just doesn't come through so you know um i always say to people part of it is the way in which the person passed you know i i found that a person having a mental illness you know uh, severe uh, well not well i suppose depression could be put you know into a severe into a severity that way or when you have uh, do you call it dementia um but you know, it's 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 where their their mind is. You know, where they don't know where they're in a dark place. It takes them a little bit more time to come through. You know, and the same with a person who sadly finds themselves having to take their own life as the only option. Those two. I mean, that that last one. It's got a certain energy feel. You know, you know, you soon get that energy feeling. You think, you know, this person feels guilty, doesn't want to talk, wants to say hello, but am I going to get shouted out? I'm so sorry. I wish I hadn't, and all those things. So they can be difficult ones. You know what I mean? As in difficult emotionally. You know what I mean? For the for the for the person having the message and the and the medium delivering. You know, but I, I think there's a higher complexity in in terms of in 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 the terms of how and why a spirit comes through and as you say there may be you know the physical aspects that were experienced on earth whether that's dementia or suicide or or anything else that might have a, an implication on there but i think also as well is is the complexities of relationships as much yes, as anything definitely, definitely. And, and that's that's a big point because do you know, do you know it, it's it's always opened my eyes where people say, well, I didn't really want to talk to them or, I, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to talk to that person. And the reason why you're not talking to that person is either spirit is not ready or you're not ready to receive the information from from both of you. And and, and it'll come. But you, you just have to be patient. And, and yes, as you said, it could take another week, but it could also take another year. It could take a decade. Um, it could, you know, it uh, it uh, could, but like I say, it's you know, it is a it is a real definite thing, you know. Where uh, I've had it several times where people say I don't want to talk to them, whether they've had a grievance, most uh, most unlikely, and spirit might want to be saying sorry, but they don't want to hear because they still carry that grievance, you know. I just I just found uh, the whole way there, you know, where. Uh, part of the healing process, but you know, searching for that information all the time and wanting more, you know. I mean, that was a running theme, weren't it? I mean, we, yeah. we've highlighted here where that need for further evidence. I mean, especially, I mean, obviously, I'm looking at this as a ghost hunter and a medium, you know, I yeah. kind of think, yeah, you know, what drives my further evidence is not evidence that spirit exists, but it's kind of, I know that it exists. But from a personal level, I'm intrigued, especially when it comes to ghosts, because I think ghosts, there's two concepts there. There's the recording yes. side and then obviously there's there's also the spiritual side. But but I, I found that there was something probably on a psychological level why why the two males in this who were 
after evidence after evidence after evidence after evidence and and and, and i think it's personally unhealthy to be honest it can be it can be i think certainly that that first guy i was really frustrated with to be honest that he was making up names traveling to mediums getting the evidence again getting the proof he wanted and then he wanted to do it again yes. and, I, and i'm thinking you you're not looking at this spiritually you you're just looking at this that i need that gratification yeah. that i needed that evidence again so i i do you know it might be the program and how the program's edited it and the program might have said oh we've got this dutch medium coming over your family you should take your family there there's more evidence there's more evidence and his story ultimately came to an end when that medium that medium we previously discussed yeah seemingly fakes from facebook mm-hmm yeah, uh, which I thought was a really bad ending to that whole mediumship segment. Yeah, definitely. So the program finished how it started. Really, it finished what I thought was on a very strong episode, uh, and and it was about reincarnation. Just very briefly, briefly, my sort of thoughts on reincarnation. I've been, I have been very, very skeptical about reincarnation. Really skeptical, and it, and it took two things to change my mind and number one was my own son and yeah. i'm i am i am pretty sure that spirit spirit or the spirit world or whoever purposely sent owen to to change my mind <laughs> <laughs> um so that that changed my mind yeah. and then also a a very good friend who who talked to me about the experiences of his son and how his son explained to him um, about his experiences in India before he was born, which were very similar to my son's yeah. by an amazing coincidence, or maybe not. So th- there was a lot of questions. And so I've, I've been quite open this last five years toward, towards reincarnation. I, w- I watched the, that, that, this programme. I was quite impressed, actually, to be honest, by what I saw I, I couldn't see any holes in the in the stories. But maybe I'm getting getting a bit too soft in my my older years. But I mean, what did you feel with with all three stories? Um, again, you know the the theme that I'm getting. You know, apart from episode one and two, which was the mediums, um, I thought it was very very nicely done. You know, where they've obviously done their background research and they've been very very sensitive. You know, in in the in the approach they've done. So. Uh, I do like that of it, you know, and I just found it, say, believable or plausible isn't 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 necessarily the words I want to use, but it gets you thinking. And I and I like me, I'm I'm quite open minded to it. You know, I've had a couple of things when you know, my uh, one of my nieces was saying, you know, but generally speaking, uh, from a spiritual background, we were told you're not allowed to talk about the reincarnation because you can't evidence it, you can't prove it, you know, there's no evidence to say of this and that, you know, but the episodes put that over, you know, as you said, a little child, um, then you the, are... The, um, sorry, the, yeah. the whole, the, in terms of evidence, the yeah. ho- the Hollywood star was mind-blowing, the, the, the Hollywood guy, because he said things, I mean, this little boy, told, I think it was 65 items, weren't it? 65 yeah. statements. Yeah. And... His daughter, it was his daughter, wasn't it? And and yep. also his uh, his niece or whatever, uh, his cousin. And um, his his daughter 
disagreed with some of them things. It was only after pre after researching and reaching out to other family members, they said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, it, it was that. It was that. And oh, it, I mean, I mean, how this pre-internet days. How do you know that's some guy called what was his name? Marty Morty or something. <laughs> um, how did you know that his favorite place was France and he liked wearing a hat and smoking cigars in France or something? Or, or no. I, I, how did you know he had a green car or he liked the ladies or he liked to dress nice or he, he started out as a dancer and then he used to and then he was an agency and. Yeah. He, he knew Errol Flynn or whatever it was. He was like, what? It's well, but the thing is, why would a why would a young girl want to even know that stuff? You know what I mean? And where's the interest? You know, the one the one that got me was that that young child who who was talking about his other family. You know, his his other mum, his his dad, and he and he. Oh yeah, yeah, that he, was. He got, oh, that was for me. That was OMG. You know, when he was mm. that's uh, that's my dad. That's the house, and it wasn't a case of is this the house shown in one photograph. There was multiples. Um, there, there, the house. You know, that'd be nice. That was amazing because what did that, that the investigator said? I, I, I have never had anyone, and I, and I was watching the. I actually rewound it and looked at the child. He looked at every photograph. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He Straight was, away, he, he recognised them. Yeah, I, and it was it. And basically, just to explain everybody that. This investigator came and he had pictures of the mother, the father, a playground that the child claimed uh, that he'd regularly visited. Yeah. And he mixed it up with photographs that looked similar. So, you know, they didn't stand out or anything like that. And then he showed them this child and he said it was highly unusual that somebody picked, you know, the photographs bang on every single time. And, and he showed the photographs and you could see this, the recognition in the child's face. Funny enough, I was I was I was looking for that. I was watching, you know, sort of. I watched it on my uh, PC, and I was my head was really close to the screen, seeing if his eyes lit up. He did uh, when he said, oh, wh- "Who's your dad?" He he looked to the right straight away and went there. That yeah. was it. He, he recognised him. You could see it. It was like I, it, it gave me chills. I tell you what, did give me chills about this. There was another case as well about a child who, in a former life, was a pilot. And that was fascinating. A lot of evidence in there. I think what stood out to me was that um, his dad said, uh, well, what what ship you was you on? And he said, oh, the Tahoma or something. He said, yeah. And, and his dad said, well, that's a Japanese ship. He, said, he went, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and and, and his, even his dad didn't recognize that the ship. But the, on the face of it. There seems to be a lot of evidence. I, I was, I, as you say, the, the the child who was a child in a past life, and there was a bigger story there. But um, that that was absolutely fascinating, and I, and I found the film star uh, as well. I, I thought that was really intriguing. But what stitched all this together was the fact that all three of them had since lost the memories. Yeah. That was really intriguing. That, uh, and I think. You know, they got to seven, seven to ten years old, and that was it. The the memories start fading. Mm, yeah. And and that intrigued me is how and why. So that means that we could have gone through God knows how many lives, and the memories have gone, yeah. utterly gone. Because he he could the film star uh, child he couldn't he couldn't answer any questions, could he? He he just literally it had gone. It's almost like the memories of this life have completely overwritten the previous memories. 
it is, you know, it is, it is a facet to that. You know, where Spirit sometimes mentioned, you know, like uh, we're all, you know, every life we've had, um, we're all a facet of that makes up our soul, you know. Uh, and so we, we, we could, I dare say, under a deep uh, hypnotic state, recall said past lives you know that would be interesting to, i disagree with you there you totally know? disagree with you <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll argue with you I'll, t- I'll tell you what about that i i have a real issue with hypnotherapy and and i'll tell you why is because uh, i've investigated the alien abduction okay and, I, and i've seen the use of hypnotherapy and i don't believe in it i don't believe in i don't believe you can be hypnotized all, all that stuff where you see people eating uh, onions and all that yeah. sort of stuff yeah there's a whole load of psychology going off there okay and when it comes to people being uh kind of uh, being hypnotized to find further evidence i really struggle with it really oh. struggle with it yeah. and i i always remember do you know do you remember toya wilcox uh, yes. who uh, she's a british pop star she was once uh, hypnotized to a past life she said she could see herself in a room she was like a she was dressed all in black and she was a young girl and she was in a room with a locked door and just a window. And she said, she said, I'm being told that I am an anchorite. And she said, and this is a girl who is, is locked up for the town's sins almost. And and she's locked in there. She, she's a virgin and, and locked there. And she has to pay penance for the whole town. So everybody went, wow, do you know, I've never heard of this. Never heard of being an anchorite or anything like that. And uh so a researcher looked into it, and it turned out that Toya Wilcox had actually played an anchorite in a film. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, oh, right, is that? And and, and that's the problem with the human mind. Yeah, is, is if my if my wife's watching a, a a program, and I'm reading a book, I am still watching that program whether oh, I know you, it or not. Yeah, of course, but what it was trying to put off is more so maybe act, you know thoughts reached should we say through the through the deep subconscious mind you know um trans can bring that sort of thing through so that's that's why i mentioned on that way but you know when you look when you look at it you know you're looking at the 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 search for bridie murphy you know that was done through uh, a hip through a hypnotic thing and there's no proof and evidence at all was there of it so you know no, but uh, but the best reincarnation story is the Jenny something or other. I forgot what her name is. Do you know? I I I think it might be Jenny Murphy or something like that. And it's where this woman suddenly started having these very strong visions in her mid thirties, if I remember correctly. I think she'd got three kids, and you know, suddenly she st- <laughs> she started recalling memories of living in Ireland. She didn't live in Ireland. But she described a, a village, a small village. She described having children, the names of the children. And she ended up going over to Ireland and going to this village where she thought she lived. And she started talking to somebody. She went, oh, yeah, yeah, Peter's still alive, her, her eldest son. Yeah. So she knocked on the door and started talking to him. And in fact, her children had no doubt whatsoever, the information that she gave, that she was, in fact, their mother uh, reincarnated. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Now, now, I mean, since then, skeptics have pulled it apart and said, well, the map of the village is not quite right. She got the age of the, the date of birth or something wrong with the listings of, uh, you know, the, the age groups of, uh, yeah. of the children. But I'm thinking you're 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 saying, that, you know, 20 percent of the information is wrong. All right, then. How was she able to go to a village, knock on the door, <laughs> and give and give eighty percent accurate information? Yeah, 
that to me is a great hit. You know, oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's okay saying 20% is wrong. What about the 80% that's right? You exactly, know? exactly. But, and that, that that's the thing. That's what really kind of got me. But again, I, I, I mean, that's why I've always been slightly sceptical about reincarnation. But I th- it did really open my eyes, this series. I mean, I, I've read this stuff for years and so, same for you. And yeah. And but it was so nicely done where if this had been on the BBC or ITV, you would have you would have had uh, 40 minutes of this program, and then you would have had 20 minutes of somebody utterly ripping it to bits. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And you would have had three or four skeptics on there to provide balance. Now the thing is, we don't need balance. You can either take it or leave it. You can watch it and go, "This is a load of nonsense. I don't believe it." Or you can watch it and go, "Well, I don't believe that, but that's really interesting." Yeah. I, yeah. And, exactly. And and that's the problem. That has been the problem with the whole media, really, is, oh, yeah. we've got to have it for balance. Now, I, I understand in certain uh, circumstances where things may affect a particular life or understanding. So, you know, like history or, or you know, you, you've yes. got to have a balance and it's got to be displayed uh, with authority and it's got to be shown in detail. But a program like this, just for them to have free hand to look at the evidence display the evidence and then you at home can make your own mind i thought it was so refreshing together it is i mean that's that i mean like i say as we said when we when we started the first part of the podcast you know i was reluctant to watch it at first because i thought it was going to be a a kilroy program again you know in ripping it everything to uh, pieces but it was very tastefully done you know um, yeah kept away from the sensationalism i thought as well yes. um, yeah. you know i know we have certain disagreements about the mediums and and the medium aspect and and i think that was weak and the ghost hunting part was weak yes yeah, um definitely. but and it could have been done better you could it could have had some could have had proper parapsychologists in there could have had proper uh discussion about uh units they had chris rowe from northampton who i think they could have given him a bigger role and and how he's looking at uh, expanded consciousness and how that really you know th- th- there's lots of opportunities for a series too if they you know kind of maybe expand it more and maybe look at the different aspects but uh no oh there's one thing i want to mention just for just for readers martin um if you want to look further into reincarnation then there, there's a book 20 cases suggestive of reincarnation by the american society of psychical research and there's, if you have Amazon Prime, there's a program, a series of programs called Ghosted My Child. Uh, it's back from 2013, 2014, and that's on Amazon Prime. It's free to watch videos again, uh, re- uh, reincarnation with children. Not as strong as the, not as strong evidence as it is in this, uh, you know, in these episodes, but it still gives you thought to look at. Sounds excellent. Sounds excellent. Well, thanks very much again, Ian. It's uh, it's been an interesting. It's been an interesting thing to watch because I was like you and I thought, you know, oh, here we go. And, and you know, I've got Amazon Prime and, and there's some documentaries on there that I just laugh out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because it's just so badly put together or, you know, it, sometimes it's it's too believer. You know, sometimes yes. they're, they're throwing stuff at you and you just think, oh, my God, what? Well, you can't believe all this, surely. And this was a very, very nice mix. I, it did make me question. It made us talk about it. I'm sure yeah. it's making other people talk about it. So 
a really good start to the year in terms of sort of media content, I think, and, and talking points. Definitely. It, it's food for thought. You know, it makes me want to go back to my books and start reading again. You know, that's the that's the sort of feeling it gives give for me, which I'm always welcome of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. OK, well, we'll be back with an, another episode very, very soon. And uh, if you've ever got any questions that you would like to answer, like us to answer on the podcast, please message us through Facebook or drop us an, e- an email. Uh, and thank you very much for all your support out there. And yes. uh, thank thanks to you as well Ian thanks very much thank you ladies and gentlemen for all the support and keep the questions coming please